Chapter 23. The Ecstasy. I didn't hesitate. I instinctively got up and went straight to her table. I didn't have to summon courage and think of some lame line like, Do I know you from somewhere? How would that person know what I know? I left my plate of food, my ringside seat at the now-forgotten Iron Bowl TV extravaganza, and went to her table and pulled out a chair. May I? I startled her. I could tell that this surprise move left her without words, but before she could dial 911, I said, Betty Jean? Betty Jean Asher? Bewilderment filled her face. I knew it was her. She wasn't sure at first who I was, but then it seemed to dawn on her. Her posture started relaxing as she processed the realization that I was not some random New York City cad or pickup artist or stalker, but someone she knew from Sugar Hill, Alabama, who actually knew her name and with whom she could connect my face and my voice to her past. That put her at ease. That's not to say she wasn't in a continually stunned state. She was fumbling for words. When she found her composure, she whispered, Joe Billy? Bingo. Yes, it's me. How have you been? Gosh, it's great to see you. What are you doing in New York? How long have you been here? And so on. My questions gushed out in machine gun fashion. I overwhelmed the poor lady. But to be honest, I didn't care. I had just discovered in a city of countless millions the love of my life from the eighth grade. The only girl I'd ever wanted to marry until I realized that this girl had been anathema to me because she'd been Alabama and I'd been Auburn. The reasons of which I couldn't actually remember at the moment. Silly boy, what was I thinking? Joe Billy, you look fantastic. Surprise does not begin to express how I feel in seeing you. I had no idea you were in New York. It's so good to see a familiar face. My goodness. Just the way she said, my goodness made me melt. The woman's voice was a knockout, smooth as polished silver. I would sit at this table as long as she would let me. She asked me, so I picked up the conversation. I described my life in Montgomery and the move to NYC and all the ups and downs of newfound city life. She interjected that she also had experienced grief over discerning the reality of apartment application fees. Like to never have found one that suited. Said she spent $5,000 on applications till she found just the right one on the Upper East Side. Oh, well. Nice to know how a few others live. I volleyed the direction of the talk back to her. Why was she here? I moved here last year. My degree from Bama was in accounting, but I hated the work. I wasn't suited for it. I was more of a people person. The company in Birmingham, Stearns and Raybuck, put me into leadership, but the field was just not interesting to me. They begged me to stay, so that must have meant they liked me, but I needed to move on. I went to Atlanta for a change of scenery. While there, I realized that I like to listen to people and their problems. I like to think I'm good at helping them through tough spots. So I became a therapist. It's a long and winding road of education and interminable practical experience to get to the point of actually being able to do it on my own. But I'm glad I did. I've had tons of work here in New York. I never even heard of a therapist in Sugar Hill. Wouldn't have known what one was. Rarely did I come across one in Atlanta, but in New York, they are plentiful and needed. 
I admit I found deep satisfaction in being there for people. However, I got into a rut. I felt like I was hearing the same story, but from different people day after day. Overachievers in business, finance, law, government, politics, sports, the arts. Most of them millionaires, or better. Never had a problem getting paid. And I've been paid handsomely, I might add. But I found myself wanting to do something just a little bit different. So, I answered an online ad for a counselor therapist in a ministry to the homeless here in New York. I've been working with them since the spring of last year. I have found my place. She paused and sipped her tea out of her cup. I tried not to appear to be obvious, but I about gagged. I hid my shock with a muffled cough. If I'd been drinking the dreadful hot tea stuff, I'm sure I would have spewed it all over the plate glass window. Working with the homeless? Really? Those guys sprawled out all over the sidewalks? Guys that I can't figure out and that I avoid because they just look like they should be avoided? Ministry to them? How is that working out? Joe Billy, this is what I was born for. They are people just like you and me. They are like folks back in Sugar Hill. In fact, a couple of folks I've talked to recently are from rural Alabama. They came here seeking their fortune and a new life and ended up on what we used to call Skid Row. They've had some bad breaks. Many of those bad breaks they brought on themselves through bad decisions. Often they've not been willing to take responsibility for those wrong choices. But I'm helping them to face reality. I'm helping them to see that change is mandatory. And it's also mandatory that it start with them. We dig down through their circumstances and mental illness and coping mechanisms and find the first steps to take towards healing. I was staring into the most beautiful blue eyes I'd ever seen, trying to absorb what I was hearing. There was much more to hear about her work or ministry, she called it. I had a lot to learn about the homeless and this lady who would be my teacher. Maybe I would hurdle over my prejudice. If anyone could help me, I guess she'd be the one. But before going there, I had to ask, Are you married? No, never been. Met a doctor at Emory Hospital in Atlanta and fell hard for him. Gracious, he was good looking. Didn't know my heart could beat that fast. A real head turner, that guy. Smart and rich. The complete package, right? Thought we were going to get engaged. We talked about it multiple times. Turns out he was more into himself than me. <laughs> Maybe my therapist training was good, not just for others, but I used it on myself. I recognized patterns in him that bothered me to no end. I confronted him with his own profile. He turned tail and ran. The thought of being analyzed by a shrink sleeping in the same bed with him must have unnerved him. I understand he married an ER nurse and had some babies and was no doubt living happily ever after. I don't miss him. She didn't say it wistfully or in that sort of way in which you try to talk yourself into believing something you shouldn't. She sounded certain, mature, her head on solid. I was desperately attracted. What about you, Joe Billy? Married? No. Tragic story, actually. I dated several girls and got interested more than once. My senior year at Auburn, I finally found the right one, the one I couldn't live without. But on the night I planned to propose... She was killed in a car accident. Oh, Joe Billy, I'm so sorry. Thank you. It's been a tough road, but I have moved on. Had no choice. Since then, I just haven't entered into another serious relationship. I haven't found the right one. Still living the single life. Actually, 
I've been working so much, I just haven't put effort into meeting anyone. It takes a lot of energy to do it right, but maybe one day. I'm definitely open to it. Just haven't gotten there yet. If she only knew, I wanted to propose tonight before she left the building. I actually had rediscovered another special someone that I could live with forever, but she didn't know that yet. She fumbled for her cell phone. I realized she'd not glanced at it the entire time we'd talked. I knew it. I knew it. I had captivated her. Who knows where this might lead? In my presence, she'd forgotten the ever-present BlackBerry device in the palm of her hand. But now she was back to reality, staring at the screen. I've got an appointment, Joe Bill. I need to go. The director of the housing shelter is someone lined up for me to talk to. I understand it's a single mom with three small children there. Uh, they've been sleeping in Highbridge Park, and there are some serious issues in play. Sure, I understand. But I didn't let her get out of my sight without a fight. Betty Jean, what about tomorrow? Can I meet you here at about the same time? The burgers are great, and I hope you will find the company from your previous small town in Alabama to be even greater. I had hoped at the least my disarming smile would cause her to respond positively, especially if she might be leaning towards saying no. Absolutely. We've got a lot to catch up on.